So I, I, I want to, um, by way of looking back, it's amazing to celebrate, to own the beauty of our family, the stories. And like I say, we've had a few stories up here um, today, but look around you. There are, there are stories, people's lives. Um, there's been mountaintops this year. There's been valleys this year, but uh, in all of it, God's been with you. And we, as a church family, um, are committed to one another in and through all of those, uh, uh, those beautiful aspects of your journey and um, and where you find yourself. And I, I want um, to say something quite, um, quite simple this morning by way of looking forward. Uh, I've been unable to shake this phrase uh, over the last couple of weeks as I've been praying for this morning. And, and the, the phrase that uh, you will have heard it before, but I, I want to say and remind you this morning and to elevate this phrase above what might happen this next year. I want to encourage you and I want to challenge myself to stop for the one. It's a very simple phrase, but I want you to um, put it in the memory banks. I want you to hold on to it. I want you to, um, as, the, as this next year unfolds, I want you to remind yourself that the, one of the things that we said that we would do is elevate this idea that we individually would stop for the one. And stopping for the one is, is following the way of Jesus. It's modeling what he did, you know, whether it was the, the woman at the well who was caught uh, in adultery, whether it was Zacchaeus who was up a tree, whether it was Jesus finding himself in a building when the, the roof gets parted down and, and a guy gets landed at his feet. There was countless stories. And in fact, the, the, the New Testament is littered with the narrative of, of the man Jesus following what he saw his father doing and stopping for the one. And we've already said it uh, over the last few weeks, and we have, a, we have a deep commitment not to fill stadiums, but to fill tables. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm deeply moved by um, uh, the, the heart of the evangelist to, to do things bigger and to fill bigger rooms. And I love the, the heart behind that, but I, I'm somewhat left disappointed at times thinking, is this all we're supposed to do, just fill rooms with people? Because I think we're supposed to fill tables with lives and give the opportunity for people to meet Christ in you, who is a living hope for the story or the person or the life that's in front of you around your table. And I'm um, I wanted to elevate this phrase, stop for the one for us now, because I believe that there are actually big things coming for us this year. And um, I, I say that, and I hate the word big. <laughs> I've been in numerous settings over the last couple of weeks where, um, where there's a value system connected to the word big that I think is really unhelpful. <laughs> like, the only thing that I want us to have a, a, uh, a value for when we think about big is the extension of God's kingdom. Lives transformed by the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Sometimes we think that we, we use the word big and we think that equals better. And it's just the wrong way to carve up the world. We're not carving up the world to think if only we could be bigger, it would be better. That's not the case. And so in this, I want us to remind ourselves that as, as the next year unfolds, that when we're sitting here next year, no, when we're not sitting here. <laughs> Next year, that we have stories from people who are the ones that you stopped for. That's what I want to hear. More than anything else, I want to hear the stories of people who have bumped into your life, who have sat around your table, who have shared life with you over this next year. And the reason why I say that is two weeks ago, I was... Um, 
I was in Amsterdam for 48 hours with a, uh, with a, a group of about 200 leaders um, from all around Europe who are gathered under this kind of banner of, of this thing called Europe shall be saved. And I, I want to caveat everything I'm about to say by saying I love the heart of the evangelist. I love the heart of the evangelist. I went and did Reinhard Bonnke's school a couple of years ago. And it was so helpful to understand and, and frame how I might see the world through the lens of the evangelist who's burning to see people's lives transformed by Jesus. It's what we burn for here. We're a missional evangelistic family. But what was fascinating to me is that they, Europe Shall Be Saved has a, has a goal of 100 million souls, which is a huge number. I, theologically, I struggle with that phrase because I actually don't see a biblical precedent for souls. I see a biblical precedent for people coming into a relationship with Jesus and becoming his disciples, which obviously has a transformational moment of the soul. I, I acknowledge that, but I don't think we're here to make 100 million souls. I think I can get on board with making 100 million disciples. That's amazing. Amazing. But what was so fascinating to me is that in this context, again, of evangelists, there was, there was this um, constant narrative about, about filling stadiums. And I was like, I just every time I heard it, I shrunk back. Now I realize, caveat, it's a, bo- it's a both and. We can fill stadiums and we can fill tables. It's a both and. That's fine. But it was fascinating to me. I sat around a table with the... Um, the head of the European Evangelical Alliance, fascinating guy, and we had a conversation just about the most recent stats. There are 80 million uh, evangelical Christians in Europe. And so as I was starting to hear from various different um, you know, stories of the time when Reinhard Bonnke had a million people in Africa give their life to Jesus in a meeting, I thought, wow, that's amazing. And then I started to run the numbers. I was like, all right, well, this group is gathered together to see 100 million souls, disciples made um, 100 million. Wow. So in Europe, um, that would, if we were to just have one of those Reinhard Bonnke type moments of a million people, which we'd struggle to do somewhere in Europe, but, uh, but even if we could, a million people, it would take us, it, realistically, the infrastructure of doing that, you probably only do that once a year. It'd take us 100 years. And then I started to think, well, the guy in front of me is talking about the fact that there are 80 million evangelical Christians in Europe. What would it look like if, if only half of those, let's just like for pessimistic sake, say that only half of them really are genuinely warm to the gospel and are following Jesus and maybe 40 million. Let's just chop it in half and say 80 million is the actual number, but what about 40 million? And then I was like, well, you know, if you, if you could awaken 40 million people, not to fill 40 million stadiums, but to point their life at one person for one year, 40 million people would come to know Jesus. If you committed as 40 million people in, in the evangelical world across Europe would be to wake up to the reality of the good news of Jesus and, and to say, I'm going to point that at one person for a whole year. I'm going to take them for coffee every single week and I'm going to love them. I'm going to walk with them. When their kids need help, I'm going to help them with family. I'm going to show God's love in a practical way. I'm going to be a light. I'm going to bring hope. I'm going to, I'm going to communicate and show and share the love of Jesus with that one person. In one year, I can do the maths on this, you would have 40 million new people walking with Jesus, which would make a total of 80 million people if we've discounted that other 40 million that weren't really following Jesus. You have 80 million. And then next year after, you'd just say, you'd only have to have a quarter. You'd say, 
three quarters of you, just chill out, do nothing for a year. Just a quarter of you, point yourselves for one year at one person. Take them for coffee, love their family, show the hope of Jesus that resides in you. Point it at their life consistently and continually for a year. Just a quarter. And guess what number we'd be at? You'd be at the hundred million. I think that's right. I'm close. Maths wasn't. We'd be at 60. Started with 40. Okay. Anyway, you get my point. <laughs> my point is my maths wasn't good and I should have written it down. And then I started to think about this because I know how much, I genuinely know how much events cost. I'm like, actually, even if we were to, like, realistically fill a stadium, fill, fill a stadium. How many does, oh, let's not get into maths. If we were to fill a stadium, I know that for a day, a stadium event with all of it, even if you were to get, the, like, say, a 25,000-seater stadium, be in the region of about 50 grand for a day. Think how many stadiums you'd have to fill and think about how much money you'd have to spend to get to your 100 million souls. I'm like, it doesn't even bear thinking about. And it sounds exhausting. And I was like, oh, maybe if we could take all of that money that <laughs> over the next 100 years we're going to be pointing at hiring stadiums and just give the church a budget to go have coffee with their friends. Like, what, like what would that look like? I think it would be a better use of money. So I, I say that to be pedantic and to be an irritant to, to you this morning, to say I, I'm convinced that we're not, we're not at one level called as a community to fill stadiums. We are called to fill tables. That there is a beauty and a hope that resides in you. There is a life that you carry in you, and his name is Jesus. And as you walk with and you love and you spend time invested in, in, in the well-being and the health and the hope of the ones around you, that actually you display the one who you want, to, want for them to meet. And his name's Jesus. And so I want to encourage you. I, I believe that this year is a year when we will move towards our building. So there are big things coming in our community. Um, you know, there are... There, there are some exciting things that in the new year we'll talk to you about, about developing entrepreneurial businesses within our community that will be pointed towards eradicating poverty in our city. There are big things on our horizon. There are big things that God is asking us to, us to do. But in the midst of, of that being released and growing and, and us moving towards those things as a community, especially the building thing, if we get swallowed up in the journey of moving towards a big building and miss out the fact that actually we're put on the planet to stop for the one, we're not put on the planet to gravitate towards a space on a Sunday morning and do church. That's when we get to celebrate, be equipped, be challenged, and then we get sent into the world to go and bring the light and the life of Jesus wherever we go. And find that around your tables. That's why I've loved where we've been these last few weeks, just reminding ourselves that we get to play. This is our role and responsibility on the planet to love those around us. And listen, I believe we as a church, through some of the things that we will do, uh, we'll become visible. I had a brilliant conversation with a guy from our church this week, again, just reminding ourselves that, you know, we, we may talk about having a city vision, but that city vision is nothing apart from our vision for the person in front of us. The vision that we have for our, our city only comes because, on reflection, this whole room comes from all across our city. 
And so our vision rests and resides in, in your life connected to another life and bringing the light and the life and the hope of Jesus to them. And so I would ask that in the midst of what is coming, the big things that are coming this year, the building, the businesses, the, the uh, seeing uh, transitional employment opportunities for the lost and the lonely and the vulnerable, for those ex-offenders that we're bumping into in prison, coming out and finding hope and future and an aspiration to, to live and work and, and to find purpose and meaning, all of the amazing things that we might do programmatically here as a community, it sits underneath a deeply profound vision which is rests and resides on your life than it is to stop for the one. So I wanted to elevate that because I want us to remind ourselves that next year when we're not sitting here and we're hearing stories of people who have been so impacted by the way you love them, by the way you gave time for them, where you brought them around your table and you share the love of Jesus with them. When we're hearing stories of, of the transformation of what Jesus has done in their life through your life being pointed at them, I want us to remind us that's what we're going after this year. Let's not get distracted by buildings. Let's not get distracted by, by things that I know and believe that God is going to do with us. Over They'll be amazing. It's going to be an amazing journey this next year. I'm really excited about what God wants to do with us. But right at the very heart of that, right at the very center of that, is our ability to stop for the one. It's our owning of this corporate sense of, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not evangelistic, I'm not missional because I'm in a missional church. I'm evangelistic and missional because it's, it's what, how Jesus marked my life. I don't feel better about myself because sand's going into prisons. I feel better about myself because I'm right at the very heart of what Jesus calls me to do, which is to love my neighbor. And as we own this and we live this, I am convinced that in the midst of some amazing things that God is going to do, underneath all of that, is the amazing journey of seeing individual people come to know Jesus. And that's the beauty of why we exist, to extend the kingdom, to grow up, to mature into the amazing sons and daughters that God always intended us to be and to let your light shine before men. So I want to pray um, for you and pray for us as we embark on this next year together that we'd remind ourselves that in all the busyness, in all of the, in all of the movement that will happen across this next year, that that's all beautiful and it's the, it's the story of God's faithfulness over our, our community. But in all of that, we've set our hearts, we've set our lives towards stepping and stopping for the one. Why don't you stand?